Have you ever wondered what librarians really do all day? Why does a person choose to become a librarian? Learn the answers to these questions and more on Library Life. My name is Lisa. I'm a youth librarian at the Westerville Public Library. We'll go behind the scenes and talk to librarians to see what they do to make all of that library magic happen. I'm your guide through the looking glass. So close your eyes, open your ears, and listen. Hi everyone, welcome back to Library Life. This is Lisa. I am here today with a coworker named David, and we're going to talk about diversity in the libraries. David, can you say hello and let people know what you do here? At the yeah, hi. Thank you for having me on the show, Lisa. My name is David Reyes. I am the supervisor of the Innovation Lab here at Westerville Public Library. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a newer space in the library. The former computer lab was converted to a sort of technology-based makerspace, and we had been in the process of the last year, year and a half of getting that set up, bringing in some new resources, and we were only officially open for a little bit before everything happens. But we're definitely trying to figure out new ways to still be able to reach out to people. Yes, it was unfortunate. You were only... I mean, I don't even know if it was a week that you were open. Oh, yeah. We I think I think we had an official like soft launch in December and then in January oh, okay. officially. So we were we had about two months of just like starting to let people reserve the recording studio, which was really popular, some of the other spaces, and we were just starting to investigate ways for us to teach. But everything is still there. So as soon as things get settled, we'll be able to kind of pick that back up. Absolutely. So we're gonna talk about diversity today. And what does diversity in a library setting mean to you? Yeah. So I think to answer that, I almost have to do my own mini version of origin story. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind. So just to kind of give people a background, I am a first generation college student, also first generation in the U.S. officially. My parents were from Puerto Rico. You know, it's considered a commonwealth, but they migrated over stateside and then I was born in the States. So I was, you know, raised in Cleveland in the city, bilingual household. For me in the city, the library was kind of a safe haven growing up. But uh, if I had to kind of describe my experiences in libraries, there were always, you know, adults and stuff that we could trust. But I didn't see any sort of real representation of the diversity of the community in the libraries. And I also didn't really personally have any aspiration to necessarily go into libraries. That was something that I think actually for most librarians that you talk to these days, if you have them give you a background breakdown, most of them aren't on a trajectory going right through mm -hmm. saying, you know, like, oh, since I was five, I wanted to be a librarian. I mean, you certainly get those people. But I think for me especially, it was something that took such a long time for it to dawn on me. And then when it finally did, I always wondered why, like that possible option was never sort of highlighted to me. Oh, and on the flip side, why it never dawned on me personally that that's something I should do. And I think part of that was not seeing people like myself in the library staff. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was definitely a part of it. So all of that being said, I think especially now where it's so important for not just library staff, but everything that a library does Especially right now, it's such a touchstone. So I think a lot of libraries are trying to figure out ways in which, hey, if we want to consider how we're providing representation in our catalog, in our staff, how do we kind of go about that? And so I think a lot of people are approaching it from different ways. But I think the major thing is kind of recognizing the unique sort of, I think some of the terminology I've seen listed online is like a 
multicultural hub Mm -hmm. that a library is uh, for each individual community. And so I think it's really important for there to be a clear sense of what the community needs and what the community is in order for the library to be most effective in that community. I agree. And I think that, you know, to understand what your community needs, you should have all members of your community represented both in your staff and, you know, through the resources and programs that you offer. Right. And I think what's interesting too is beyond just cultural diversity, making sure that there's like class diversity uh, represented in your library, because I think that that could be a very major hurdle, not only for the public, but also potential staff that you have in terms of kind of communication methods and things of that nature. You know, I think when you have conversations with other librarians, and I'm sure you've kind of experienced this now doing this podcast, you know, hearing about people's kind of varied backgrounds. When you talk about the collection, you know, the joke is, uh, or the saying is always, you know, that the most kind of oppressive resource of the library is the, is the staff. And I think that that's very true because if people are coming in with various life experiences and potential like work experiences as well, I think that's really important to make sure that other sorts of viewpoints and opinions and kind of considerations are are thought mm-hmm. about. And so it's always really interesting to talk with individuals that work in libraries and have having conversations and, and just kind of getting a sense of who they are. And it's always unique, especially if you're in a library where the staff is kind of given some flexibility in terms of you know what they want to do for programming or what they want to present. Uh, because a lot of times you're able to see a lot of those interests, a lot of that expertise you're able to kind of actually see that showcased. Exactly. And that's always going to be to the benefit of the staff and also to the, the patrons as well. Kind of touched on this, but why do you think diversity in libraries is important? I think for me, I always go back to the adage of you can't be what you can't see. So I think for myself, I, uh, I had never considered being in a library. One, because unfortunately <laughs> for a lot of people, if you have a conversation with your guidance counselor, even in high school and you're, and you're talking you know, about some of your potential interests, even if you outline exactly how much time you might spend in a library, they may not, and, and, and hopefully this is different, but at least my experience is, it was that, they, you know, they don't consider librarianship or working in libraries as a potential, like, you know, go-to. So I think that if we want to ensure that we have a diverse staff, part of that means almost like you described, right? Making sure that the people in the community are kind of represented on on the library staff and not just in positions where, you know, where it doesn't take a library degree. I think that that's important to have them on the front lines as well, but also making sure that they're in other positions, especially positions of power in the library. And of course, right, that takes time. That means reaching out to your community, letting them know about uh, why it might be of interest to them if they are interested in libraries, in helping people find information, letting them know that, you know, there are avenues to be able to kind of like follow that career path. And then seeing that as a long-term sort of like investment in not just just that individual, but also just the impact that that'll have on the community long-term to kind of invest in the people. Because I mean, if it's a if it's a multicultural hub, not only do the people need to be represented on the staff in the materials that are presented, you really need to have their own, you know, buy-in. You need to have them feel like when they're coming in that this is a place for them. And what better way than to actually have them, you know, working and participating in in the library itself? Yeah, I agree with that. How has diversity changed in libraries since you were young, and or since you've started working in libraries? 
That's interesting. Since I was young, I would say when I was young, which feels so long ago now, but um, <laughs> you know, when I think back to who was working in libraries, there was growing up in in a city like Cleveland, where it's, it can be fairly diverse in a public school system. In let's say the school library, right? I think there are a lot of like students that would volunteer time that would probably be quite diverse, but the staff weren't. I think you know, I guess to call it what it is, right? A lot of times libraries are seen as when you see depictions of it, it's always a Caucasian woman, you know, with glasses, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, (laughs) right, right. And so (laughs) exactly, right. So, and and that's something that has permeated, I think, pop culture. And I think, and the reason is, is because, you know, a lot of times the, in the past, the occupation itself was kind of misunderstood and and wasn't really taken as serious as as it could be. Right. And so because of the way that unfortunately women were treated, right, they were kind of pigeonholed and only allowed into certain occupations. So strangely on the flip side, right, librarianship is one of the ones where luckily there's a lot of representation of women in it. So like they already at least have a little bit of a running start there. You know, I think for myself, like going when I was growing up, I I didn't really see any male librarians. I think now, you know, I have a four year old when she meets kids and tells them that her dad's a librarian when they see me, this big guy with a beard, right? So sometimes they're they're surprised by that even still. And I always get a kick out of that because I know what kind of impact that can have. I've had the opportunity to like go and speak at middle schools on like career day type events where, you know, I talk about where I reflect, hey, I spent a lot of time in libraries. I didn't realize it at the time, but in hindsight, if I had right sort of people around me, I could have potentially seen this as an avenue of what I wanted to do earlier than I did, mm-hmm. just to kind of help change some of that perspective. And so I think that that is still something that needs to improve quite a bit. Uh, and I would also say too, having worked in academic libraries as well, I think that it's also something not specifically just in public libraries. I think academic libraries kind of see the, see the same sort of thing where they could have a really diverse student population that they work with. And there could be barriers in place where students may not feel comfortable, you know, reaching out. I certainly have seen improvement and I was keenly aware of when I was in library school, like paying attention to some of the backgrounds of people that I was meeting Mm -hmm. just because I was kind of like thinking about, oh, you know, where people want to work, what kind of impact that might have. I think especially now that I've had, I think now I've been about five years since I've gotten my degree. So I've been kind of working professionally as a librarian for five years. It's still something that I'm kind of keenly aware of. Yeah, I think the library field has a long way to go for that because I I do think that you're right. The female with glasses and a cardigan is is definitely the stereotype, but Mm -hmm. also the reality in a lot of places. I agree. I went to the library a lot as a child and throughout my whole life. And I think that some of the, you know, larger systems like Columbus are a lot more diversified than when I was a child. Yeah. The kind of smaller libraries, I think, have a harder time with it. And part of that's because, you know, people need to retire for their to be jobs. Yeah, most definitely. There certainly is that gate in place, right, where, you know, the staff can potentially only refresh at a certain rate. So if, if the community is changing rapidly, some libraries may take a while before they start to represent their community because of things of that nature. So what do you recommend for people wanting to improve the diversity in their own lives and their own kind of library interactions. What would you recommend they do? Surprisingly enough, I I would say like it might be important for you if you're working a library to maybe try to find 
your own sort of diverse experience in terms of where you work. I think it would be to the benefit of not only your own career, but also the places that you work to potentially, you know, if you're in library school and even if you're aiming at, you know, either working with youth or working only with adults or working with, if you're looking at academic versus public, to maybe tr- uh, spend some time either in a, in a sort of starter job or an internship or practicum in a library that maybe you hadn't considered, even for just a couple months, I think that that would be really helpful to help you get a better sense of like the different ways in which librarianship is performed. Because you could certainly read about that, but I think having that personal experience more than anything is is really important. So I would say definitely that. I would say if you are someone already kind of in libraries and you know you've spent some time and you feel like perhaps uh, you might have some like cultural blinders on, maybe spending some time either volunteering outside of that with a library community or another public kind of community-based organization. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that, like I mentioned before, having sort of like a diverse staff with very diverse experiences sometimes also potentially means like hiring people that don't have necessarily a library background. You, know, you see a lot of libraries that are hiring like social workers and people that are they have certain expertise, right, for, for us to kind of get a better sense of how the things that we do might impact people. Right. And so I think on the flip side, it might be a good idea for, for librarians to spend time in other sorts of organizations as well to kind of expand their own sort of experience and expertise. I can only see that benefiting everyone across the board. Yeah, that's, that's a very good suggestion. So is there anything else you want to share about your experiences or your thoughts on diversity within the library world? Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of the people that end up getting attracted to librarianship usually have some sort of passion for libraries, be it, as I mentioned before, like they grew up knowing they wanted to be there, sometimes randomly stumbling across it Mm -hmm. and realizing like, oh my God, like this is where I was meant to be and variations kind of on that theme. I think regardless, I would say if you're someone that has appreciated libraries, has utilized libraries in your life and you feel like the potential you might have the potential to improve your library, improve your community. I think potentially working in a library might be a great way to do that. So that way you can advocate for your community on their behalf. And I would say on, on the flip side, if you are a library, trying to be very open to any sort of feedback and and truly criticism that you might get. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're well intentioned, that can't be the end in all of it. I think there has to be a lot more of uh buy-in uh, from the library too, to say not only, hey, we want to do this, but making sure that they're doing it in the way in which the most kind of change can actually take place. So I think that's kind of the two sides of it, both for the individual and also for for the library that wants to kind of improve their diversity, improve the way in which they're impacting their community, just some things to consider for them. I think those are good thoughts. And I think that, you know, if you are someone who is a teenager or a tween listening to this, volunteer at your local library, go to programs and make suggestions, you know, talk to the staff there about who you are and, you know, what your life experiences are and the things that you're interested in, because that's also part of the way we as a staff get to know you and learn can make an impact that way as well. Most definitely. And, I, and I'll end with this too, because I was thinking about it from when I'd spoken with young people. So when I mentioned how I was working in the adult services department, when I was young, a lot of my libraries were smaller, so there were not kind of divisions in the library, right? Mm-hmm. There were certainly book sections that were labeled, 
we kind of had almost like an open floor plan of the library. Mm-hmm. So I think now, you know, if you're in a library like Westerville and other places as well, where you are able to kind of have dedicated areas, one downside I think is people maybe don't feel comfortable if you are a teen, if you are a young person, right, coming up and seeing the adult area. And so I encouraged people when I spoke with them, like, please do, you know, no areas off limits with, you know, with general exceptions in terms of if, you know, certain things require someone to be 18 and up, but kind of feeling comfortable, not only in those areas, but also communicating and getting to know that staff as well, I think would be not only a benefit to you and might help provide you with some information, but also I think that really will have an impact on the staff as well. I agree. Well, thank you for your thoughts and sharing your experiences. Absolutely. Thank you. And we end every episode of Library Life with a book recommendation. So is there a book that you would like to share? There is. So I mentioned earlier, I have a four-year-old, my daughter, Rosie. And one of the great things has been, you know, sharing my love of reading with her. So being able to read to her every night, finding different books, especially from our libraries has kind of been a lot of fun. You know, ironically, a lot of times people ask me, oh, what do you recommend? And sometimes I have to warn them. I'm like, well, you know, a lot of the reading that I end up doing is for my child, a lot of things that I find interesting. So this recommendation is a book that just recently I came across and it's a children's book called The Day the Crayons Quit. Oh yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that was one, The Day the, Day the Crayons Qu- uh, Quit is a book by Drew Daywalt and Oliver, Oliver Jeffers. You can access um, through the library and other places as well. And what's great about that is it's, uh, to kind of give you a general sort of breakdown of what it is, is it's a young man who has a box of crayons who one day goes to open them up and all of his crayons have quit. And then in lieu of crayons in his box, there are several personal notes written to him where the the crayons are sort of like on strike, letting them know, like, you know, you use me too much. You make too many dinosaurs. And why are they all this color? Things of that nature, crayons that are not used often enough. And my daughter got a kick out of me reading that to her so much so that just last night, ironically enough, I was able to access through Libby the day the crayons came home, which is almost like a sequel. Yeah. Uh, so I was able to just read that to her last night. She cracked up at it. She loves the illustrations, loves the little jokes. I think for the adults too, there's a lot of neat appropriate, you know, it's definitely appropriate, but just kind of, there's different layers to it that I think as an adult, when you have to read a lot of books, you start to really appreciate the things that are nuanced, right. And can speak to you in various ways. And I think that definitely that book and that book series is, is one. So the day the crayons quit is my recommendation. That is a fantastic book. In the place that I worked before Westerville, we had like a big program for that book. And we had pretty much like I would say half the staff dressed up as crayons. That's right. And we would go around reading our letters that were, you know, our particular colors letters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was a blast. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for your time. And thank all of you for listening to Library Life. David, I've enjoyed talking with you. You as well. Bye.